0: Good, brother. I'm always honoured to talk with a fellow nerd in the fitness space, mate. So I just want to say thank you. Hey,
1: thanks for having me on, man, Alex. I really appreciate it.
0: Do you want to give us a little bit of a a lowdown of all the crazy stuff that you do? I mean, we might take all forty minutes to do so, but <laughs> g- give us some bullet points, mate. All
1: right. I've been a personal trainer for twelve and a half years. I'm in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. I have been a fitness writer for. Oh, God, probably about five of those years. I have written for T Nation for several years. I've written for the Personal Trainer Development Center, Generation Iron, Barbend, True Coach. Um, recently, Men's Health Magazine. And I'm a consistent contributor to Muscle and Fitness Magazine. And we'll work on some more. Last couple of years, public speaking really blew up. So I think it was last year I had eight public speaking events. This year I'm on track for somewhere between eight and ten, depending on how some things work out. I'm also revitalizing my own conference here in Edmonton for middle of October, October 13th and 14th with a pretty cool lineup. I've got two podcasts. Uh, uh, One's been going on for about five and a half years called the Lift Free and Diet Hard podcast. And along the way, I tend to lean into social media. So I've uh, built a bit of an Instagram following where it's a little playground to have some fun with. So, And on top of that, I coach full-time in person. I coach online. I've got a online women's group strength training program with a partner and somehow i find time to do a whole bunch of podcast appearances so that's me dude that's unreal
0: thank you bro i guess my follow-up question is which is one of my favorite questions of all time why do you do what you do i
1: do what i do because i fell into the industry by accident i am not the proverbial start out at 18 to 20 have a passion for helping people and a passion for fitness. I grew up in athletics and then gave up athletics at 18 when I went to university. I have a bachelor of commerce degree. So I'm a business student first and foremost, and I've done different things in different careers and didn't find a place in any of them. I did banking and I owned a nightclub and I worked in casinos and I worked in in various other things that did not become permanent home for me I did not feel passionate about them I did not see a sustainable future and in looking for something to do after I left one of them at 32 years of age and moving across the country to live in Edmonton Alberta where I grew up in St. John's Newfoundland on the east coast of Canada I kept getting asked to work as a trainer at the gym that I trained at I got seriously into working out, bodybuilding style stuff. I never competed, probably at 24. Grew up on bodybuilding magazines. And an old friend of mine from the gym is a very well-known IFBB pro. And I kept, again, turning the staff at this gym down. No, I don't want to do this. And finally, I said, all right, I'll give it a try. And again, not born out of, ooh, I'm excited to help people. It's like, all right, this is something to do. Pretty quickly, it turned out to be something I was fulfilled by. I enjoyed it. I was overwhelmed. I'm like, how in the hell am I ever going to like be any good at this? But stuck with it. The gym, you know, was really good at the time at filling you up. You know, selling clients for you. Other trainers would turn over and leave. Their clients wanted to come to me. I got full fast. I stayed full. I started getting a lot of referral business. I started getting known for generating a lot of referrals. Um, I started leaning more and more into learning everything I could. I found Doctor Lane Norton's nutrition stuff on YouTube. I started reading strength training stuff from Teen Nation. And I just kept diving in and diving in and learning and and enjoying the process. And suddenly something that I found myself doing became something I felt very passionate about. There's a book that kind of talks about this. It's called uh, So Good They Can't Ignore You by Cal Newport. It sort of debunks the passion hypothesis about following your dreams and You know, if you find something you're passionate about, you'll never work another day in your life. The reality often is for people, it's you, you you gravitate towards doing the things you are well suited to do and that you're already doing. And you find a passion within that. And ultimately it, you know, I started traveling to fitness conferences after I left the old commercial gym where I worked for six years, started spending more time interacting with people on the same path, same journey. Got to meet a lot of the people who I've been listening to on podcasts or reading on T Nation or otherwise consuming some of their media. Many of those people have gone on to become very good friends of mine in the industry now. Many have been guests on my podcast. And somewhere along the way, I started getting invitations to go speak at the events that I was attending. And then that took off. And now I'm in this very weird and surreal place where people treat me like I'm an expert and an authority in an industry with something that I... I do ultimately love helping people and sharing media that seems to, you know, enrich lives. So that's kind of the journey.
0: I think that's what shines through though, mate, you know, your interest and then also the love for just helping folk rather than like, yo, I want to blow up in this, in this fitness thing. I want everybody to kind of look at me, whether I'm an athlete or the best coach or personal trainer, whatever the fuck it is. Right. It's just like, no, no, no. Essentially I got interest in it. Okay, I'm fascinated. I want to learn things that I currently don't know about. And then also that you love helping people. And I think that really does shine through, that authenticity shines through. And that's that's number one. You know, we live we work in a soft skill business at the end of the day. Like most of it is not what you know, it's it's how much do you care? Yeah, okay. If you're not talking, if you you know what you're what you're saying has no sustenance, then. Yeah, probably you are not got a very long lifespan within the fitness industry, right? But caring about people, I think, is number one, mate. Soft skills, man. Being of
1: service. You mentioned about, yeah, sure, there are people who definitely lean into social media with the goal of growing a large social media. Their goal is, I mean, and quite frankly, there's nothing wrong with developing a personal brand if you're... Desire is to use it for a a great livelihood. I mean, why is it dishonorable to build media following and and a business that provides good livelihood through the fitness space and social media, where you know building a livelihood as a medical professional or um, you know any other you know proverbially normal career mm-hmm. um, that's fine. Why can't we do it on this front? Okay, but I think people. Too readily, will look at the examples of the bad faith actors and the more influencery type of personalities on social media, where it's more of the stereotypical behavior, attention seeking behavior. Fine. I also think it's a giant waste of time and mental energy for coaches to complain about that stuff. I think coaches need to actually focus their attention on what they're doing themselves and how can they actually do a better job of being of service to more people, creating media that more people want to engage in that helps more people which invariably will drive more people to your door which can be the foundation to build a larger brand upon and you can leverage that brand to create further business and media vehicles that give people good helpful shit that makes Mm -hmm. their lives better right i mean here's an important question is your audience more the uh, the enthusiast listener who likes to work out or you got other coaches on here or both
0: that's a great question, man. Because I'll have conversations with literally anybody and everybody. You know, we've had published poets on here. We've had charities in mental health. We've had just everyday folk, just literally just talking shit and telling jokes for an hour. And then we've had like crazy people that are whenever they turn their their industry follows. You know, so it's a bit of a mix. I like it like that. It's a bit of a balance. Um, opens the doors for some fascinating conversations you know it's not always fitness it's not always mental well-being it's not always whatever you know we've had, I've had a couple of sexologists on here which as you can as you can uh probably guess it, it took some pretty cool left field turns you know and I'm like oh, okay like I'm gonna listen to you guys and learn from me you know so whatever it goes
1: so ultimately just it it to, it dictates the direction I'll often take these sort of things. But again, your questions will lead us where we, where we yeah. want to go. So I, I think even for the enthusiast, enthusiast listener, it can be easy to get caught up in going, Oh, look at these mm-hmm. stupid influencers. Okay, cool. Yeah, sure. There are, there are, there are people out there who are doing dumb shit.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But why are we feeding those people your attention? If you are a yeah. user of any social media platform, and you are frustrated because of the outrage and the negativity on those platforms. Well, these algorithms, they're, they're, not, they're not smart. They're just bouncing back at you the things that you're consuming. Because, you know, yes, these algorithms, people are more likely to share uh negative in enragement-inducing media, where it's complex social ide- ideology, whether it's politics, whether it's you know, nutritional ideology, which becomes almost like religion and people Mm. get very combative over or look at this stupid thing that the stupid person is doing on social media and the fitness stuff. People are more inclined to engage with and consume outrage. And even the amount of time you're spending on a post is telling the algorithm and the media platform what you are more interested in. And it's simply going to feed you more of it. So if you want to change the, you know, the inputs You have to change what you're following and what you're interacting with. And that actually means that you have to turn around and go, all right, I have to unfollow the shit that is making me wound up about the things I care about. Because if you're consuming, let's say it's complex social ideology, which I do not want to get into in any sort of meaningful way, but just on a surface level, if there's something that you feel like you're part of an ideological tribe, then the talking heads within your ideological tribe watch you angry and wound up and stressed out and fearful and enraged because they want to mobilize you to do whatever their agenda is. And they have no really good reason to be intellectually honest or fair or objective about the stuff that they're sharing. But it feeds into their user base, which gets their user base wound up. So if you participate in that, because this is the thing that you're emotionally reactive to, then it's going to feed you more of it. But you're the one choosing to engage with it. My message is, unfollow this shit. Get you're, you know, people are like, oh, I need to be informed. Rubbish. You yeah. know, go read a newspaper once a week. Find out about what's actually going on in the world instead of spending all of your time in this emotionally reactive and really pissed off state about a lot of stuff that humans were not engineered to actually immerse themselves in emotionally on a constant basis because our Ancestors did not have access to the 24-hour news drip and news stories from every injustice from every corner of the world. You can't possibly care or, or, sorry, have an emotional reaction to all of it. It doesn't mean you don't care. It just means that in the grander scheme of things, you can probably have a greater impact on the people in your immediate world and maybe the greater world if you do a couple things. One, if you're more present with the people in your life that you care about, let's say you've got kids. If the constant state of being uh, status state of being plugged into all this enragement means that you're not spending as much time attending to you know the development and the welfare of your own kids i mean the time invested in them and giving them you know the best possible upbringing is a greater investment of the future of the world with the impact those kids are going to have right and then maybe you're someone who feels that there's a lot of social injustice the world is full of social injustice and we're probably never going to to change it all. But constantly being enraged about people, the things that people say on social media that you disagree with and attacking and policing them and then going back and giving yourself a big pat on the back and saying, I did a good job. That's rubbish. That's complete nonsense. How about you actually go and you take your greatest skills and you take the two biggest resources you have, which are your time and your financial resources, And maybe you dedicate yourself to a career and a livelihood that allows you to have more time and or more financial resources to then put those into action to make the world a better place through donating to the causes you care about or volunteering your time or leveraging whatever impact you can have to actually make the world a better place. Even if it's in an incremental fashion, as opposed to, again, just being Spending all of your time and staying in this very stressed out state by being mad about the things that are on social media. And it's not just consuming the things of your tribe because they want you enraged about things you're supposed to care about. Notice how your tribe is also constantly posting about the idiotic things in quotation marks that the other tribe is doing, the things that make you mad. So you're mad because you're getting wound up about the things that your tribe says and you're getting mad because you disagree with the th- shit that the other tribe is also saying. And the product is, is you're in a state of enragement the whole time. Now, what what impact is that having on your own emotional well-being? What impact is that having on your, your psychological health? Even if you feel like you're in control of it, if you are drowning yourself in the, in the absolute like fire hose of all of this stuff, this negativity, all of the terrible things in the world. And you are justifying that you're you're being plugged into this stuff nonstop because, oh, if I don't, you know, plug myself into this stuff constantly, then that's apathy and it's it, you know I'm not caring and like, oh, uh, there there are various different quotes about the sort of nonsense. Just take take care of your emotional well being first. Put your time and your effort into things that you can magnify to have the greatest positive impact on the world. That is a much better way. And at the end of the day, you will feel so much better and more fulfilled and have, your like mental health will be better because you're doing better things. And even if you were to today, you're saying, well, I don't have the livelihood or the means or what have you. And if you're spending, let's say you end up, you added up you're spending four or five hours consuming this kind of media every week. What if you on a Sunday went down to a local, you know, organization And donated your time to do something for people who don't have it as good as you do, right? And helping out. Maybe that's the greatest point of leverage you have. That would probably feel a whole lot better and do a lot more for the world than sharing angry statuses on your social media and getting twisted up about someone who posts something that you disagree with and then getting into a fight with them online, a total stranger across the internet. Because think about the last time you got involved in something like that and how did that make you feel? It didn't make you feel very good, right? Right? Hmm. And i stressed you out and you probably got wound up and your fight or flight kicked off maybe it was later in the evening when you're supposed to be winding down and all of a sudden you notice you didn't sleep as well and then you slept like shit so the next day at work you were we not effective and it just becomes a vicious cycle of nastiness and there are going to be people who are going to listen to this and like no i want to be mad about okay that's that's you fine that's your problem i can't help you but for the ones that are kind of going yeah he's right shit all right You know what you do? You go and you unfollow all the talking heads, all of the accounts, all of the garbage that is disingenuously feeding you this outrage, even if they're the people that you think you agree with, because that's the problem, right? Clear your head of this rubbish. And then maybe that's also one of the reasons why you don't have time or mental energy to maybe eat a little bit healthier or Mm -hmm. find time for the gym because you're in a constant state of, you know, emotional exhaustion because there's the world is full of genuinely problematic things to truly care about but it's not your duty to bear all of the bear all of the sins and the evils of the world and the injustices on your shoulders because you can't possibly fix them all mm. will absolutely destroy your own psyche in the process if you try to bear that burden.
0: I think it goes down to the accountability, right? We need to take accountability for keeping ourselves underneath the water. And inevitably, we're going to end up drowning. You know, like we keep ourselves there and, and it pisses us off and we get real emotionally charged. And next thing you know, you, you're you super antsy and you're not, Oh, now I'm too fucking burnt out to, to even go for a walk or something like that. I was like, guys, for Christ's sake, let's just kind of do what you can. You know, in the little ecosystem around, like you said, the family, maybe you go volunteer at a local homeless shelter or something, you know, volunteer some sort of time online. You know, we can connect with people around the world now, like some sort of noble cause out there that you like you hold dear to your heart. That's fine, but we can't have them all. You know, there's enough people out there if we help one other one other person, everyone's going to be helped. You know, but it also starts with you got to help your free self. It really does. And that, that's what's underlies the soul. It's that self-awareness piece, right? Like a lot of people run away from it because it's a hard thing to do. You know, you need to look in that mirror and have that hard conversation with yourself. And that's that's difficult, you know, you might get into some time and some deep conversations with yourself when you, you start to despise things that are working around your head or things that are coming out your mouth or things you might have done. And I'm like, yeah, man, that's just a character act, dude. Like we're going to go down. We're going to come back up. We're going to learn. We're going to grow. We're going to decay. We're going to evolve. You hit on something there. How many
1: people are at their core dissatisfied with where they are? Maybe they don't like themselves. Maybe they don't like the, the path that they've been on. Maybe they feel unfulfilled. And it's a much easier activity to engage in, to, to to be in a constant state of outrage, moral outrage about other people's thoughts, opinions, what they say on media. Because you feel like you're doing something good. You're doing something righteous. When really this is just status play. People are seeking status within their own tribe. The, the people who are better at attacking You know, oh, that person said this, that that needs to go away. You know, these are also the same sort of people that generally believe in censorship and it's kind of a slippery slope. Mm. These people just pat themselves on the back because they've done a good deed on the virtual world and yelled at someone as opposed to actually listening or trying to understand. There's, There's no assumption of charitable intent or to see where is this other person coming from, right? No, it's like this person is bad. Really, I wonder just how much of this stuff is just a mask, a dissatisfaction of what's going on in in someone's own life, or a lot of it, as I said, is status-seeking because someone has otherwise failed to achieve status or recognition in whether it's work or whatever other social dynamic that they exist within. Mm -hmm. I find, on average, people who tend to be pretty successful in other career domains or, or other walks of life don't as often descend into this kind of rubbish. And we can use celebrities as sort of a microcosm of this. Most of the celebrities who engage in, you know, outrage and get most entrenched in complex political or social things are usually past their prime, has been washed up. You know, celebrities who are still trying to hold on to a little bit of relevance, whether it's, I mean, North Americans, if they're familiar with Alyssa Milano, who would be one of these like leftist nut jobs or a James Woods who would be kind of a, a right-wing nut job? They exist on all ends of the spectrum. It is fairly infrequently the people who are, quote, at the top of their game. You don't see The Rock inserting himself into complex, you know, mm-hmm. picking a side in complex social ideological stuff, right? The Rock is out there. He's growing his ability to do good on the world. And I think that if someone were to argue, oh, The Rock is not speaking out about blah, blah, blah. Well, actually, he tends to speak, pick his spots and he will say positive things in very nuanced ways as opposed to extremist tribal ways. Um He's building brand to heights of which we've seen very, very few people ever successfully do it. And there's always talk about the possibility he may one day run for president. And if he does choose to do that, I mean, it's kind of like what Arnold Schwarzenegger did, except Schwarzenegger not being, you know, not being born in the U.S. legally is not allowed to be president, but he went to be the governor of California. And I think he got a first wake-up call just how hard that was. Mm. But I think Arnold, you know, he leveraged his fame and all of his success in other dimensions, whether it became bodybuilding and it became movies, to try. To, I think his intentions were audible, and I think he genuinely tried to do better. So these are just perfect big-scale examples of, of the principles at play. For sure. And I know this is ending up being less about fitness and nutrition and more about broader scale things but i think fundamentally this comes down to like happiness and mindset and where you put your time and attention if your your life is going to be a reflection of these things so i mean i i hope this is giving people something to think about and if you're one of the people who tends to get caught up in this stuff you know it might be your natural incl- inclination to to fight against this sort of idea but just allow it to enter your brain and let it marinate and go ask yourself you know are you Are you participating in this stuff? Is this stuff actually happening to you? Or you're probably someone who is going, oh, yeah, no, I know what you mean. you got people around you who are really caught up in this crap. And quite frankly, they're usually the most awful Mm. and unhappy, miserable human beings that you interact with are the people who are caught up with and obsessed with these type of things and me personally i just don't want to interact with those type of people i don't follow them on social media i don't want to spend time with them in in, in person i want to spend time with people that uh, i enjoy helping that make me feel good that are you know are calming and fun to be around um people who are interested in in bigger scale conversation about you know career success and making the world better and having a positive impact you know talking to one of my clients about the book he just wrote uh, telling a story of a you know, a person who wasn't in a position to tell his own story, which is a really cool thing. Or, you know, using the opportunities I have in the industry to open doors and create create opportunities, speaking engagements, and podcast appearances, and and connect people who I think are really good people who reflect really good values uh, in our society. Or who are doing it in a way that I think is is a better way. That stuff I find fulfilling. Right? I, I think a lot of this stuff comes down to fulfillment. If you're not fulfilled with where you are with your career and your life, it's very easy
0: to turn around and lash out at other people. I couldn't agree more, man. I couldn't agree more. And like walking the gym floor, like we have done slash are doing still, you know, you might bump into some folk that you never met before and you get to know them a little bit more and and exchange a conversation or two. And the ones that are not fulfilled are usually ones that end up chasing advice, right? And then that usually ends up to throw out all the pain that's going on inside And they throw it out into someone else. It's somebody else's issue, and it's oh, it's that person because they believe something else. It's like, dude, if you have the ability to believe, you know, a, then they have the ability to believe b. You know, it's that's okay. Like it's just a difference in opinion, you know. And 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 like you said, kind of capitalizing on that point, somebody's happy what they do. They feel good. They feel like they they have some sort of purpose. They feel fulfillment in in their role in the greater mission society or just their frigging family you know just their home they've got something to work towards and they're progressing and they're getting something from it mm-hmm. those folk are usually ones that are like yeah there's there's some shit out there man and if it arrives at my door or the people i care about i'll do something about it you know but i'm also not going to spend not no, no time no energy no emotional buddy energy I'm not going to lash out in any response you can go believe that thing enjoy that time i'm going to do my thing and it's not in any way shape or form about apathy oh, it's no. about it's about being
1: strategic yeah and it's about maximizing your ability to make the world a better place and it's about having having control and ownership mm-hmm. over your emotional reactivity to everything okay because everybody everything. All marketing wants you to emotionally react to what they're selling you, whether it's an idea, whether it's a product, right? So the better we are at not being emotionally reactive to all these things at all dimensions, uh, the more we have ownership over our own choices. And which means that we can, I think we're less emotionally exhausted, which means that we have a better ability to to delay gratification, Mm -hmm. which shows up in the foods that we eat, It shows up in our ability to engage in proactive physical activity, which we, our lives are more sedentary. They're more convenient now than they ever were in in terms of our history, which is a piece of a very complex puzzle as to why our society is progressively becoming more obese. We know Mm -hmm. that's true. And one of the answers is because the way that social engineering works, both the deliberate aspects of it and the well-intentioned aspects of it to make our lives better, then it results in more convenience. It results in less, you know, involuntary need for physical activity on average. It requires less effort to go and acquire food. Food is nowhere near as scarce. I mean, there are exceptions, of course, and there's not necessarily equal access to the same quality of food, but there's definitely a lot of access to high calorie, low nutrition food. So It becomes we actually have to voluntarily choose more on average than we used to our our parents and certainly our grandparents and before generations to not consume the really, really high calorie convenient food and to not default to sitting on the couch and scrolling social media and, you know, watching Netflix on binge or, or play video games past a certain point. I like The Witcher. I love a good video game. I am currently, I rarely watch TV. I'm currently doing Star Trek Picard. And I actually am really enjoying the nostalgia of going back into the Star Trek Next Generation like story. And I can carve out room for that. I will go see Fast and the Furious next weekend with a good friend of mine. We planned it in advance. And I recently got a record of... of I, I buy a lot of vinyl records. A, a record of a band I love, Typo negative. Big Phantom, uh, you know, lead singer. He died over a decade ago. Very sad. Mm-hmm. But I now have all of their records on vinyl, which was a very cool thing. So I put this record on, and it just sounds so damn good. There's definitely value in allowing yourself to just, like, immerse in these things that you really enjoy. And I would rather carve out time for those things while making it easier to do that because I also plan non-negotiable the time to go work out. I am very thought conscientious about when I prepare my meals and, and having them accessible to me. You know, I have meals that I made on Sunday evening in the fridge right now that are healthier than the stuff I could go and grab them un- out of convenience. The irony is, is that going out to get it is not necessarily as convenient as I think it is. It's just, yep. uh, it just, it seems to be easier to get in the car than it is to, you know, well, a we still have to have the groceries, but then just turn on the stove and, and cook things. But now with food delivery apps, we've we've skipped even that layer. So technically, it's more convenient, but that's a lot more expensive. So the whole narrative that it's cheaper to eat, you know, convenient high calorie food, that's also that's a nonsense narrative. These are all narratives that just justify the fact that people just make the the default choice, which is the whatever they perceive as being more convenient. So. I just hope this stuff is is stuff that gets people to think a little bit and challenge their default settings and just the way the way that they've resigned to letting going through life being like a like a buoy on the water and wherever the waves and the wind kind of push you as opposed to proactively saying I am going to work in this direction because this is important to me and I'm going to take more control over the things that are within my influence and I'm going to be more stoic and less emotionally reactive to the things that I cannot change, which is a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And we have to look at the, the more insidious things that, like I said, whether it's social engineering by well, well intentioned social engineering to make our lives more convenient or the more manipulative nefarious stuff. We, we definitely know goes into certainly some of the social media stuff where these applications they want to maximize the amount of time people spend on them whether it's your youtubes or your or your tiktoks or what have you knowing that stuff at least allows you to be better about boundaries so that way these things are not manipulating you you are using them for your purposes okay when i use social media social media has been very good to me for the most part on average i probably spent more time on it over the last few years than maybe i should have But I've also come to understand, at least for my career, it's allowed me to study and understand a lot of things that I've been able to then turn around and leverage. But I think for most people, I think they're passive consumers. And if you notice that you're passively consuming and doom scrolling, especially if you've got a career where you're doing this as opposed to working on, you know, scale acquisition that allows you, maybe you're not happy with your circumstance, your current job, Well, could you be using the time you're scrolling on social media to be acquiring skills, valuable skills like sales? leadership or other technical skills that would allow you to then find another job that you might find more fulfilling, better paying. And if it's better paying, that may actually allow you more time to create more time to do the things that will be better for your physical and mental health, whether it's carving out more time for exercise or better nutritional planning or both, right? These things all cascade together. And I know this this whole thing kind of started by going away from I think a lot of traditional fitness uh knowledge but I think it actually is sort of instrumental a lot of people don't even think about the role that how we interact with the world our environment and media because a lot of this stuff again I think we're very reactive and we're consuming it passively versus consuming it intentionally and proactively to our own purpose it is okay to go into social media with intention to enjoy the experience of doing it. It is okay to go in and quite frankly, if your feed is more cat videos, I've got a couple of friends who just send me nothing but cat videos. So all the stuff, you know, when like you get three posts that are like the c- accounts you follow and you get the one account you're not following, it's yeah. mostly cat video at this point, which is a fortunate accident as opposed to any like enragement bullshit. Uh, let me get myself back on track here. And you can go in, and you can see, you know, the latest update of you know your friends posting, you know, what's going on with their kids, or you can see the accounts that are sharing good fitness information, or maybe some of the career-based stuff that you're interested in, because there's only generally one post that can fit on your screen at any given time. And so, as you're scrolling, you only consume one thing at a time, and it's going to be populated with the things you spend the most time on. And like I said, teaching the algorithm what you want to interact with. And I don't want that that space, that valuable time that I'm in there to be consumed with shit that's making me pissed off. And sometimes it becomes proactively not letting these dimensions from all of the things. But we can actually curate to a fair degree so that we minimize just how much of the real rubbish that we're voluntarily choosing to put in front of ourselves as well, right? Mm. So if I think if we curate that fairly effectively and then we're intentional on top of it, and again, social media can be a metaphor for almost anything. It's it's how we go about YouTube. It's how we go about watching Netflix. It is how how we go through the world and the environments that we put ourselves in and the people we spend our time with. I mean, there's something to be said for curating The people we have in our social circle, the proverbial, you will be the average of the five people you spend most of your time with. There is a fundamental underlying truth to that because the type of conversations those people are having, are they gossiping about other people? Are they talking about building and livelihood and family or any other thing that probably on average is a little bit more constructive use of your time, more enlightening, more educational, more fulfilling, and more positive?
0: Mm. I think that's a really good parallel, you know, of uh, the things that you have on your screen and the people that you spend your time with because you're spending time a little bit with the people on the screen. You know, it's like, well, you're filling your brain with that. You know, I'm not going to sit in a extremist circle on a Sunday afternoon and be like, yeah, let's let's listen to what everything you got to say. I'm like, okay, well, as long as you're not hurting anyone, go do your thing, but it's not my thing. I'm 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 going to go like, chill with my, with my lady or I'm going to go to the gym or I'm going to read or something, right? It's going to add water to my cup. You know, I think a lot of us have got holes in the bottom of our cup and we've not quite realized it yet. You know, it's just leaking water everywhere. I was like, yeah, dude, there's a mirror. Go look at it. Go talk to yourself. Go think that, you know, I think um, we don't spend enough time thinking because thinking usually comes up with a lot of questions rather than answers, right? And we're the answer. The universe is the answer all the things out there are the answer but we just haven't asked the right question yet
1: it's people are uncomfortable with being bored they don't hmm. you're right they don't want to be left alone with their own thoughts because for whatever reasons so they will fill it full of the easiest and most accessible hits of dopamine and of course that's why we come back to social media and the random and variable reinforcement of you never know what you're going to get on the next swipe of the screen Um, It's the same phenomenon as people get caught up in video, video lottery terminals, gambling of all kinds, right? It's what's, what's the next hand of cards going to be dealt? What is the next line of icons that you're going to get? And you don't know, but you keep hitting the button and you keep staying at the table to consume more of it. And social media works very much the same way. It's engineered that way. So you have a choice. You have a choice to proactively decide, I want to consume less of this stuff, set better boundaries around it. And open yourself up to a little bit of boredom, and let your mind wander, and confronting maybe some of the things you really don't like about yourself. Mm. That's a tough one. And then ask yourself, all right, am I motivated to engage in behavior that changes how I feel right now, how I feel about myself, and put you on a better path? Looks like we're almost at a
0: time based on the timer, Alex. I really appreciate you having me on, and thank you very much. No, brother, this is an honor and privilege, mate. You know, talking shop throwing ideas out there being creative with 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 our language you know that's that's something that is a massive privilege of mine to be able to at least be a part of it so i just want to say thank you man
1: thank you
0: bro we'll uh we'll throw it down sometime whenever i make it over to uh, the great white north big place all right <laughs> i'll find you cheers bro. very big place have a good day man. you too thanks so much for having me
1: on take care right, bye